Respectfully. 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 A melanated therapist. Welcome in and welcome home, family. I'm Dimitri. And I'm day And this is Respectfully a Melanated Therapist podcast. Just a quick disclaimer, this is not therapy. We're just two people who are doing a podcast who happen to be therapists. The information in our podcast is for psychoeducation and entertainment purposes only. If you are in need of therapeutic resources, please feel free to contact us and we'll point you in the right direction. Thanks, friend. So, hey, fam, today we will be discussing noncommittal versus being disinterested and determining when you are ready to embark on the journey of commitment, whether in romantic relationships, a job, friendships, or even a large financial decision. So what is noncommittal? Being noncommittal is the state of not expressing or revealing a commitment to a definite opinion or course of action. Being disinterested is the state of being influenced by personal involvement in something. So our conversation today aims to talk about how and why we tend to respond when deciding not to engage with someone or something. So that kind of leads us into our first question, Rade, of when you think of someone being noncommittal or disinterested, what behaviors do you notice and how and why do you think they are responding this way? Yeah. So, okay. So being big question. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I mean, an important one. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. So I think when I think of someone being non-committal, what I am thinking of is defensiveness. Like defensive mechanism to not show up because I just ultimately there's a fear ultimately like serving it right mm-hmm. or that it's rooted mm-hmm. in and yep. so I mm-hmm. feel like the behaviors that I think I see when or I notice when someone has been non-committal is just flakiness like oh yeah I'm gonna be there and then not showing up or yes I want to do right. this with you right and then being like oh but I'm not ready yet right we see it often with like mm-hmm. honestly we see it often with situationships where we show up in a, this situationship and it's like oh i really like you i really like you and then but i'm not ready for anything right now or <laughs> but i don't mm-hmm. i don't want to do this let's just be friends kind of thing um mm-hmm. and then for disinterest i really think that disinterest is more along the lines of this is not something for me and this feels misaligned with my values. So I'm not going to give into this thing and I don't want to move forward with Mm -hmm. this thing. Um, And I think that people respond this way in particular, or the behaviors I think I normally see are, are clear boundaries and sometimes very rigid boundaries as well. When someone is probably disinterested in too much, but um. Mm-hmm. ultimately it's when you notice that this one thing or this person is not for me in whatever way because of misalignment with values. So I think that mm-hmm. those behaviors can look like, like I said, clear boundaries. I think it's a, a lot of the time healthy communication, but also I think, like I said, rigid boundaries saying no to too much, right. Um, mm-hmm. it, or just not answering. I think, mm-hmm. yeah. So and so I think both of these being non-committal and disinterested can have their huge extremes that could be pretty um, unhealthy. But I think it's a mm-hmm. bit more unhealthy to be non-committal because I think it's more of a dis uh, a defense mechanism. While being disinterested is more of your values not being aligned. What do you think? Hmm. So I completely agree with what you said. Um, 
when it comes to not being non-committal, I think you know definitely to reiterate that it's it's rooted in fear. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And what kind of sticks out for me, in addition to the things that you mentioned, is the inconsistency. Yeah. So basically, you know, it's giving me real one foot in, one foot out the door type of energy. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> like showing up sometimes, you know, almost kind of like that, um, I'm give you just enough to keep you hooked, mm-hmm. but not enough to keep you satisfied. Right. But you, you know, typically you what that reads to me, exactly. Okay. That is self-serving. Mm-hmm. So it's not that the individual is trying to manipulate or harm. It's just ultimately that's that fear of commitment. So if I have a fear of commitment, but I want you, I'm going to try to do what I can to keep you engaged, but I'm not going to go those extra steps because I'm afraid of that. Right. I'm afraid of the actual commitment. So if I keep saying, oh yeah, let's go on this date or, you know, every now and then I'll throw you a, a line, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Whether that is me, you know, a nice gesture or sending you a nice text message or whatever, you know, I do to keep you engaged on some level, then that's my, that's the foundation that becomes the foundation of that relationship or situationship. And then ultimately, like I said, one person's being, you know, engaged while the other person is um, being noncommittal and and not being consistent or not stating what it is that they truly want and actually going after that or figuring out what that path looks like to commitment. Um, disinterest, hmm, I feel like that's such a broad spectrum mm-hmm. of feeling. <laughs> so I feel that, you know, um, this interest could be exactly what you said when it comes to, you know, our, you know, morals or principles or, you know, perceptions don't align. Um, or I feel like it could just be merely that you're not interested <laughs> in that person and you may not know how to communicate that to that person so that you're not potentially, you know, leading someone on or giving the impression that the relationship is more than it is or something that is not. Um you know, but I feel like when it comes to disinterest, I'm, you know, I'm, I feel like a, an important question is asking yourself, am I just feeling disinterest because I'm truly not interested or am I feeling this disinterest because out of fear of commitment? Like, is it actually noncommittal? Is it that you're actually being noncommittal? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. So, you know, I feel like, you know, being disinterested could look like a... Um, a, a, a variation of things. But for me, it just kind of sticks out to, are you just interested because of the values and, and, and morals not, or principles not aligning? Or are you truly just not into that person um, for whatever reason it is? Or is it the fear of commitment that's driving that disinterest? And when I say disinterest, meaning that, okay, um, I'm afraid to commit, but even though I see all of these things in this person, um not going to step up to the plate because I'm scared, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You know, as we're talking about this, I'm really thinking about the importance of us kind of spending some time discussing what that fear of commitment comes from. And I, I know we've kind of touched on this in previous episodes before, but I think it's important for mm-hmm. like the nuance of this episode to kind of like ex- explain here when we are talking about fear of commitment, this is rooted in, as we talked about before, issues with abandonment. This is rooted in mm-hmm. trauma, right? This is rooted in past ex- exactly past experiences that have shaped your view of commitment with other people. Because ultimately, it's led you mm-hmm. to a place of not being able to trust them or yourself at a certain point when you're in 
a committed relationship because you don't know how you're going to respond, nor do you know how they're going to respond. And so we start to put up guards and we become noncommittal so that at a certain point, we don't even have to worry about the what ifs, right? All we have to worry about is the Mm -hmm. right now. And Mm -hmm. so if we can put our focus in that area, then there will be ultimately there there will be a huge impact on the relationships, you know, and something else I'm thinking as, as I'm kind of saying this too, is that some of the behaviors that I I think about with people that are noncommittal are that they may be constantly dating or they may have a whole bunch of, and there's there's nothing wrong with constantly dating, right? I'm just playing. (laughs) I'm just joking. There is nothing wrong with dating. Then there's nothing wrong with having hoes. If the hoes want to be they hoes, you <laughs> I mean, be I what listen. you want to do. Like you, you be who you want to be, honey. Hello. But okay. But what I'm saying mm-hmm. is, is that <laughs> they may also just have a lot of different things going on that they're not really committed to, but they dabble in a lot of different things. So this could even look like businesses, organizations, any involvement, right? This could look like. I don't know. Just just anything that puts them in the position of not having to be fully committed to that project, to that person, to that situation or environment. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, you b- the behavior that could come from this is constantly breaking up with people. Noncommittal people mm-hmm. are usually the people that are always leaving. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Out of fear of being left, exactly. typically. See? So if I leave you, if I leave you before you leave me, me, I have the upper hand. I'm good. But more of the story is, is that sometimes we will leave a situation that is good for us or maybe very meaningful to Mm -hmm. us because we're afraid at some point that you're going to leave us. So, you know, it's very important, especially when you're, you know, you get past a certain point in your dating journey that you're having some of these deeper background conversations to understand where this person comes from. Mm -hmm. What are the things that makes this person who they are? What have you experienced that got you to this point sitting across the table from me wanting to date and potentially share your life with me or with someone, someone else? So, you know, you want to take those things into consideration because that's going to help you navigate how you communicate with each other, how you relate to each other, how you understand each other. Because if you don't have any of those things, then whether you are the one that's, you know, non-committing or or not, you're going to run into that same issue of someone, if they have that fear of commitment, you're going to run into that issue of somebody feeling the need to to run. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, kind of like, you know, our, our previous episode, she's a runner, she's a track star, Child, you know. Don't, are you um, calling me out right now? <laughs> don't call me out right now. <laughs> Listen, off myself, honey, you know, um, you know, but it's, it's really, you know, you made a good point is really ultimately, you know, if you are, experiencing issues being non-committal, then ultimately it really all starts with the lack of trust in yourself, like Rade said, but not just a lack of trust in yourself, but a lack of trust in your decision making. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That means that you don't understand what it how to get where it is you want to go because that fear is so overpowering that it's telling you to go the other way. Mm-hmm. Instead of walking through that experience to see what it is on the on the outside. So I'm not saying, you know, that Every situation you 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 walk into is going to be a non-committal versus disinterested situation. We're just saying when you are faced with these type of decisions, to look at it from all perspectives and understanding what it, how it is that you truly feel. What's showing up for you? Is there fear here? Is there um, 
you know, issues of abandonment, like whatever the case may be, what is directing your decisions in this situation? Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, you know, as you're not trusting yourself, you will take away from an experience that you could be having presently in the future, right? Yes. This also mm-hmm. creates room for you to hurt other people and allow for, you know, more hurt to yourself, right? Because a lot of the times in non-committal situations, you may find an extreme of, you know, linking with people that you actually like and that you actually enjoy and you can see a future with, but are scared to get there. Or, I mean, you can tend to find people that you know that you would never commit to on purpose, right? So, you know, it could go either way, but still important to to definitely be mindful of what is this fear? Why am I not trusting myself, right? In order to mm-hmm. move through this. And mm-hmm. we've talked about this before. The trusting self is being able to say, even if this doesn't work out, right? Do I have me? Am I able to move forward, mm-hmm. right? Do I have the skills? Right. Do I have the, the support? Do I have the coping? All of those things. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. When you decide not to move forward with things, is it because you are being non-committal or disinterested, friend? Making hmm. it only your business today. Honest uh, correct. <laughs> um honestly, um, when I decide not to move forward with things, it could be in truth either of those things, or it could be that that's not the right path for me. So I feel like there's an additional option, meaning that, you know, being I'm either non-committal, disinterested, or I've actually done a self-inventory to determine what is the best decision for me. And that's why I decided that that wasn't an viable option for me. Does that make sense? Okay, wait. So you're saying if we're not non-committal, the disinterest is more about I'm just not, this doesn't align. But then also the last option is I'm interested, but... Is not it. I can't do this one. So, no more so thinking like three doors. Okay. One door is, is non-committal. One door is disinterest. And then one is just me actually logically doing, you know, using my critical thinking to say, you know what? It could be appealing, um, but this is not the best decision for me and where I'm trying to go. Okay. So, disinterest for you is like knee jerk. Like, oh, that ain't it. Like, I don't even like that. Like, Correct. Okay. okay I got correct. You. I got correct. You. But I feel like it that it could fall into that area as well, or it could really be that I've actually really done a, a, a internal inventory and really kind of looked at the situation and used my critical thinking to say, you know what, Demetri, this may not be the best path for you to get where you're trying to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it could it could be completely unrelated to being non-committal or disinterested. It could also be basically option C. <laughs> it could be. You know, that ultimately I I looked at all of the different pieces and I analyzed it um, and I stacked it up against what it is that I'm trying to achieve. And it doesn't appear that that path or that option is going to help me get there. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. Or D, all of the above. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, mm. it, it just depends. Um, I have um, my own bouts of fear of abandonment, you know, just based on some of my own childhood experiences. So that for a very long time before, you know, self-awareness, you know, I would walk away from a lot of situations that I probably could have nurtured a little more mm-hmm. or, you know, that looks like for me. Um, 
something happened where I felt like an injustice was done to me. But instead of talking it through with that person to figure out where can we go from here, I just cut it off. Mm hmm. You know, because sometimes people do things intentionally and then sometimes people do things unintentionally because we all come from different Background, backgrounds or diverse backgrounds yeah. where we exactly. And some of us have more trauma than others. Some of us come to the table with no trauma. You know what I'm saying? And that's a blessing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, how can you truly understand what it's like to have to live with trauma when, when you don't have it? Right. Exactly. Like you can. Right. Like you can you can gain knowledge about it and 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 reduce some of the ignorance towards it, but you'll never know. You'll never truly be able to relate or truly understand exactly some of my behaviors that are trauma responses Mm -hmm. or trauma. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah. How about you? So I would say I agree with 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 your response. Right. I'm there with you. On top of that, I don't really think that I have the non-committal type of, you know, tendencies or behaviors. And I think that it has to do with my trauma history, where ultimately I've tried to be this person that is a go-getter and I'm driven and all my, like, you know, like I, once I decide to do something, I'm sticking to it, regardless of how I feel about it, which mm-hmm. sometimes takes me through the ringer, right? Like I will be over here complaining mm-hmm. about all the stuff. But I'm still going to get it done. And it's interesting. My sister actually said to me the other day, we were talking about an opportunity that came up for me. And she was like, yeah, but, you know, when you're when opportunities like this come up, the risk is only that, you know, you have to count on you. That's it. And if you know you're Mm going to do it, then you really don't have shit to worry about. Like, ultimately, like. Right. You, you know you're gonna Come follow through, through right? And I was like, facts. All right, <laughs> let me email them back. <laughs> like, you know, and in that moment, mm-hmm. the even the conversation that we were having, it wasn't about me being non-committal, it was about me being disinterested and what it will require of me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. but okay. So I agree with everything you're saying. I just think that the non-committal piece, I don't normally have those, I don't normally respond that way. Only because I know regardless of what I'm going to do, I'm going to do it. I have done that with love. Exactly. I have done that with friendships. I have done that with jobs mm-hmm. and financial decisions or whatever that I'm like, I'm all in. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And yeah. yeah, but also I think that could, like I said, y'all, there's different ends of the spectrum. So I could possibly be Correct. a person that's overcommittal. Because I don't know if y'all know me for real. Girl, get out my head. <laughs> get out my head. Because I was going to go right into <laughs> that and talk about the opposite side so of that. So were about to come from my neck anyway? Like, dang. No, I was basically putting my neck on the damn line because I was going to tell my damn business, Rade. <laughs> I'm just checking because I'm like, damn, Demetrius is about to come for me. Well, okay. See, it's okay. I came for me I first. I came for me first. But no, true. It, it is that. Like, I have... Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, if any of y'all know me, like you, ha- you know that I have multiple organizations that I'm a part of and I will commit and I will be full blown a part of these things. Mm-hmm. And people are like, you do a lot. And I'm like, okay. And, and I don't, I'm right. not sure. Right. I gotta, I gotta look at the toxicity in those things. Like now, now we're opening some doors to, you know, further learning. But as far as this, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But then, as far as the disinterest, I think that that shapes a lot of the reasons why I say no to things is because I'm disinterested, and um, I think that's a blessing, definitely, to be able to receive opportunities or move into spaces and be able to be like, nah, that ain't for me. But 
I think a mm-hmm. lot of the times when I'm just interested in something, I tend to give things a chance. And But once I can hear enough and or receive enough information, if it doesn't align with like my values or if it start, if I start to mm-hmm. get the uncomfortable feeling like, okay, this could put me in a position to be unsafe emotionally or, or mental health wise or whatever that looks like, now I'm disinterested. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's pretty much what you were saying here of like, okay, does this, is this thing for me? You know, after I looked at everything, that's where my disinterest normally comes from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great points, Rade. I know that we're talking about non-committal versus disinterest, but I'm so glad that you talked about that over-committal part. And yes, we probably just made up a word, but that's okay. Um, Y'all here for it? (laughs) (laughs) But it's so true because for those very same reasons that I can be non-committal or disinterested could be the very same reasons that could put me in a situation to where I'm over-committing to something or someone. Mm -hmm. Meaning that, you know, ultimately because of that fear of abandonment or my trauma history that I'm going to clink on to a situation or do the most to do everything. Now, mind you, this is all self-serving. So I'm doing everything that I think Mm -hmm. you want or that makes me a good partner so that you will stay when reality, I could be giving you a shit ton of things that you don't even need Mm -hmm. and actually missing the mark on what it is that you need out of it. This relationship. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because I, in my head, based on my own values and morals and my own background and and history, whether it's trauma there or not, I believe that these are the things that make up a good partner. So I'm going to put my all into this and so that you'll stay when all in all, that's the wrong approach. Mm -hmm. That's not a healthy approach because we need to be communicating about what we both need out of this relationship so that we can make sure that we're nurturing and feeding and supporting each other, not doing what we think should be done versus what we need to do. And, you know, what comes up for me and what's been helpful for me, especially, you know, um, like I said, when we get to that self-awareness, self-awareness is is, is a blessing, um, is questioning myself. And when I say questioning myself, I want to, you know, put it out there that there's a difference between questioning yourself and self-doubt. Yeah. So when I say question yourself, okay, if like Rade was saying, like if I'm in a space where, okay, I'm, I'm I'm looking at, you know, an option or I'm looking at something that I possibly uh, need to want to commit to, or I'm unsure if I want to commit to it is based and I'm feeling uncomfortable about it. Ask yourself why, right. why do I feel this way? Why do I feel uncomfortable? What's holding me back? Asking yourself those questions, questioning yourself, you know what I mean? To, to determine, okay, what, Feelings are truly coming up here. How do I mitigate them? Are they logical, irrational? There are so many questions that you want to ask yourself when it comes to making a decision about how to move forward, but it all starts with them. Mm-hmm. You have to ask yourself those questions. And like I said, it's not doubting yourself. It's just determining what's leading you. What's, what's, in, what's at the, the foundation root? of your decision making. Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. And you know, if you really struggle with trusting yourself, I need you to go to somebody that you can trust, somebody that you know is going to be straight shooter with you, that's going to tell you the truth or ask you the truth telling questions. For instance, in moments mm-hmm. where I feel like I cannot trust myself, I know I can go to Demetrius. I know I can go to my sister. I know I can go to my partner, right? Like the people that I know that are mm-hmm. going to be like, okay, so you feel this because what? The people that I also know that when I respond mm-hmm. to, I also have to be honest with. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. there was something else that you said that I was like, ooh, light bulb. Um, wish I could remember it. If it comes back to me, y'all, I got you, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, oh, I do. Actually, I do actually remember. Okay. So, you know, marriage and family therapy life. So when you were talking about clinging on to people even tighter, right? First of all, mm-hmm. yes to being overcommittal and clinging on to things because it means that you are in more control than you actually are, but you think you are in more control, mm-hmm. you know, hence all of my mm-hmm. being in everything. But needless to say, <laughs> um, fun fact for y'all, um, when we are experiencing someone being noncommittal and disinterested towards us, so this could look like infidelity or just a uh, severe conflict with, with family members, or you feeling like family members are being disloyal mm-hmm. or friendships are being disloyal. We tend to cling to those relationships more um, on purpose. So keep that in mind that like, even when we probably shouldn't be spending that close time with that person or being in that close proximity with them after an infidelity or disloyal situation has happened, we tend to cling tighter because of that fear. So be mindful of this and to be aware, not for you to completely avoid this person and be averse, but for you to be aware. Mm-hmm. You make a, a great point. I feel like, you know, good wraparound friend. I feel like ultimately the moral of this story, whether you exhibit non-committal behaviors or disinterested behaviors or whatever the case may be, is to know thyself, know thyself. and to thyself be true. So knowing yourself Loving yourself is how you combat non-committal and disinterested behavior. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're trying to get down to unhealthy behaviors and mitigating those unhealthy behaviors. Mm-hmm. Asking yourself questions that you haven't asked yourself before. Truly getting to know you. Because ultimately, if I don't know me, what I'm going to do for you? Nothing. It, it, right. <laughs> if I don't know me, how I know what I right. want? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So you have to, it all starts with self-awareness and 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 that self-inventory. Um, and just know that regardless of what you walk into or don't walk into, it all starts with you. Right. Y'all, okay, final, final thing. I know this is scary to be like taking a look at yourself and looking at unhealthy behaviors and doing this deep dive and all of those things, but try, you know, nothing is- Absolutely. Nothing that is worth it is going to be easy, nor is it going to be a walk in the park. You, you, like, it's not going to be or frictionless. Feel all the time. It's not going to be comfortable. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But trust mm-hmm. me, on the other side of it, it feels so good. It feels so good. Yeah, it does. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I'm off my soapbox. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you may no that 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 just no no girl. Child, stay on your soapbox. <laughs> but it just it, it it um I really felt that friend because at the end of the day, setting yourself up for success is really what life is all about. Exactly. Regardless of what that success looks like. Looks like. Exactly. So going through those difficult or uncomfortable situations or those challenges or those trials and tribulations, that's what builds our helps us build our success. That's how we, you know, it helps build our self-esteem. It helps us build our our solidness and and who we know ourselves to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because you know yourself. Okay, now I'm off my soapbox. Right, right, right. I'm I'm back on it. Just because you know yourself though, you know like <laughs> right. Don't don't right. take that as I still don't have room to be uncomfortable with learning about me kind of thing. You know like Yeah. 
keep keep doing that because some things that may just interest yeah. you now may not just be a disinterest later. So. Mm-hmm. And things that you think you want now may not even be a thing for you in six it. months or a year. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because you don't know who you are. Right. Like you may want it or you may not, mm-hmm. but typically it's not <laughs> because you don't have that understanding exactly. of yourself yet. So you don't really know what it is that floats your boat or what sinks mm-hmm. it. So. Uh, sorry. Okay. What I will say is if you don't know what floats your boat or what sinks it, Give yourself the time to, though, learn from the experiences. So if you've had a bunch of noncommittal experiences up until now, reflect on those. What could you have learned from each of those different experiences and how can you take those with you moving forward when on this journey of self-learning? All right, I'm done. Amen, friend. And just one more thing, and then we truly going to move on, y'all. But friend, you hit the nail on the head with that one. I just want to say that you just you, you hit the nail on Thank the head you. with that one. Because ultimately, if you think about it, and everybody may not believe this when they first hear it, but I, I assure you that once you think about it a little more, you may come to, to this realization. Um, Regardless of whether that person did something to you and that was the cause of the relationship, the ending of that relationship, and you keep walking into situations like that, baby, I hate to break it to you, but the common denominator is you. You. So I'm not saying that that person wasn't wrong for harming you. I'm not saying that that person wasn't wrong for, you know, if there's some type of abuse or something happening. I'm just saying that ultimately, if you're still attracting that, then it could be something about yourself that you're unaware of, that you're allowing certain things to come about or develop or engage in in your life because you're not in the space to where you truly know yourself or love yourself or understand what it is that you deserve versus what you don't deserve. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's what I mean by you being the common denominator, not that you are, you know, a bad person or just a pushover, but at the same time, you also have to look at, okay, if this is happening in this relationship, if I'm often feeling hurt or if someone's being inconsiderate of my feelings, why did we walk into this situation? Mm -hmm. Why did we commit to that? Mm-hmm. So that all falls back on on the individual. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, fam, we're moving on to our Q&A segment of the podcast, Therapist Hats Off. Rade, do you have our first question? Yes, I do. You know what, friend? I mean, y'all, y'all just going to be here for this conversation real quick. But I really feel like we should have a little, a little, um segue into therapist hats off if y'all if y'all want to you know give us something that that give a little vibe for the therapist hats off segment for a segue maybe y'all should let's see what we get yeah <laughs> i'll see why not yeah you know we we open to yeah. it you know send us anything send us, send us what you, you know. got okay anyway <laughs> i mean all right so first question is i'm having a hard time keeping friends and i really feel like people just don't understand me I'm not interested in a lot of things my friends are doing. So when I'm invited to things, I usually say no. Am I ruining the friendships by turning down these outings? Or am I doing the right thing by not going so I don't bring down the mood? Hmm. Wow. Good question. The first thing that pops out to me is the word assumptions. Have your friend said something to you about this? Have they said that they feel like the quality of friendship is 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 declining? Um, you know, we want to be very mindful of what we're assuming versus what we know to be true. Mm-hmm. So if you're having these questions, I recommend talking to your friends to see how they feel about it. My whole thing is, is that, you know, I feel like 
I get it to not want to go to a setting where you're, you know, where it's a, a joyous, joyous occasion, but you're not interested in it and you don't want to bring the mood down. So I do agree with, you know, making sure that you don't walk into a situation where you can, um, I don't want to say the word negatively, but basically impact that experience because you're not in a place to fully engage or connect with it or enjoy it. So on the other side of that, my recommendation is, is have you talked to your friends about what does interest you? Have you recommended, well, let's go try this. Let's go try that. If that's something that you're interested in to incorporate or engage with the whole group. But it sounds like, you know, just based on the information that provided that, it sounds like you're kind of just that everyone else is bringing things to the table for the friend group to do and you don't like them. So you're saying no for whatever reasons. But are you coming to the table saying, hey, guys, let's try this because it's something that you're also interested in and something that that can also bring you guys together? Yes. What about you? Agreed. Okay. I second everything you said. I'm going to repeat some of it. Just as I want to kind of succinctly kind of talk about some steps that I feel like could be taken. So, yes. First, Mm -hmm. talk to your friends. Ask them, you know, do y'all feel like I'm ruining this friendship by not showing up? Like, how y'all feel? Kind of thing. And maybe Mm -hmm. they'll say yes. Maybe Mm -hmm. this one. Maybe they'll just say, you know, we just feel like we're not as close anymore, but the friendship isn't ruined. Right. Maybe there's different things that are coming Mm -hmm. up. As Dimitri noted, like, speak to your friends about that disinterest. Um, and what they're doing too. You can also, to be honest with you, if you don't want to be invited to those things because of the, the disinterest, you can also tell your friends that, hey guys, you know, these are the things that I'm not really too interested in or however you want to word that and explain to them, you know, that they don't have to invite you to that thing. Um, and But it's okay, you know, for you to also to say no. Um, I would Say, though, to definitely be mindful of the long-term impact it could have on your friends inviting you to things that they're interested in and you not showing up. And I'm not sure if this is like all the time or some of the time, but be mindful of that because ultimately what that tells your friends in a very indirect way, but it says it over time, that I'm not interested in things that you care about. And that can dysregulate a friendship a bit. Absolutely. Um, Great point. Yeah. So, and so what I'm getting at here is try to engage with your, with your friends for the sake of being their friend. Right. I think it's really cool Mm -hmm. to have experiences with my friends when I'm not interested in what they're, what they're probably into at that time. But I think it's really cool to go to an event with them and see them nerding out or geeking out Mm. or smiling from ear to ear because that is what they Mm -hmm. enjoy. Same thing with my partner. Like Mm -hmm. there are things that I do not care about, right? That I'm not interested in. But the fact that he loves it and he is so interested in, I love that, right? Like you have your things. And if I can be a part of that shared experience with you and be a part of that happiness for you, I'm there, you know, but that's just me. And it also took me time mm-hmm. to get there. Let's let's be real frank because mm-hmm. friends ask me to go somewhere and I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <laughs> um facts. Yes, facts. Um, and then last thing is is come up with the things that you like, like Demetric was saying. Come up with some things that you're actually interested in. Invite them to it, right? If you don't like to go out all the time, do a game night at your house. Do do something that's so interactive with them where you're still building rapport and relationship with them because relationships are intended to grow, right? We're not in this to lose. Exactly. So come on, effort. Yeah. And, you know, 
Great points, friend. And, you know, what came up to me for me is balance and compromise. So, you know, listener, I know you didn't say anything about this and that, you know, it's all about what you want to do, but we have to be very mindful that we're, that there's balance and compromise in our friendships because ultimately I want to experience your experience, like what interests my friends, what makes them happy, what, you know, I want to be in that full experience of friendship. Whether, you know, my friend is feeling on top of the world or whether my friend is, quote unquote, down in the dumps. Like, I want to be a part of that experience to to be to have that meaningful relationship with you and be able to support you and actually be your friend and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Rade made a very good point and I wanted to reiterate it is, you know, we're not always going to be interested in the same things. And it may be events that you are interested in. But guess what? The people who are interested in it. You're interested in them. You love them. You care about them. So, exactly. you know, maybe it might be helpful for you to focus on interacting with your friends versus the actual activity. Now, I'm not saying go, if you don't like camping, I'm not saying go get an no tent. But what I'm saying is, is that, you know, <laughs> hey, y'all, you know, I know y'all want to go, y'all want to go camping. How about we find a caddy? <laughs> so now they can get all of the the activities of going camping, but you also get what you need to go ahead and be in this AC in this cabin and they got to worry about no damn bugs and all that other stuff. Now I may have went into my own personal you, experience, you but just that's okay. Went into mine. You sound like me with Cara when she was like... <laughs> I'm just saying, listen, listen, now we I go camping with you, but we need a cabin now. Where you choose to sleep is your business, but I'm gonna sleep in this cabin right. with this AC and this bathroom <laughs> and this running water. Now, if you want to be out there, you know, in nature, no no worries. I'll peek out there and check on your tent from time to time until I go to bed and I make sure, you know, if I wake up first and I make some coffee, y'all good morning, you know, come on in. But Demetrius is not sleeping in no tent. We don't do outside. But but I want to go and experience this nature experience and this trip ex- or friendship oh experience with you all. But this is my boundary. Friend. But, but basically focus <laughs> on interacting with your friends versus the activity is basically where I'm going. And then, you know, of course, follow up with things that you're interested in because just how you want to um, support your friends, you want that same support in return. Friend, I'm about to get in your business because... This is also mine. So (laughs) when you went on this trip or when you were inviting on a a camping trip, was your friend a minority or of Caucasian descent? Actually, minority. Okay. So, and... But listen, but wait, so listen, but they told me about all of these fancy tents. Like you can get a whole... Did you know you could get a um, a sweet tent? Yes. Yes, I'm aware. Meaning... I live in Colorado. And I'm like, that sounds wonderful, but... Oh, fair enough. Fair enough, friend. But I'm just like, okay, that sounds nice, but I'm still outside and I don't have no AC. So it's, it sounds cute. Now I chill in the tent with y'all if y'all want to have a little tent party, but when it's time to go to bed, then you should go in the, in the cabin. Not a tent party. See, I'm just saying, see you in the morning. Listen, <laughs> not the tent party. No facts though. I'm with you. Carl was like, I have to get you I'm and Ben like to get like to go camping. And I was like, girl, black people, we don't really do outside like that. Like I need Hello, Carla. <laughs> I <laughs> and she has been like, she has been so consistent. I'm like, girl, I need like R V cabin. I need a C. 
I need doors that can be locked. Lo- I need a bathroom. <laughs> I need running water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need all the things. Right, a flushable toilet. Yes. Um, you anyway, know. but here, there's that. I, I'm, okay, yo, sorry. That little tangent. <laughs> you know, it's okay. Y'all know how we do. <laughs> there's that. <laughs> okay, so next question. Um, I'm 28 and have struggled with keeping romantic relationships for more than a year and a half. By that time, I'm normally over the person I'm with, or I've learned something about them that I don't like. Once that happens, I end the relationship. What can I do to make sure my next relationship is long lasting? Okay. Quick. Good question. Quick answer for you, but not really quick is think about what you're running from. As we've already talked about in this episode. What are you running from that makes you in the relationship as soon as you don't like something about them? Is this something that generally makes you guys incompatible or are you just running because you found a quality that you don't like? Nobody is perfect. So be very mindful of that. You are not perfect either. So there are going to be things Mm -hmm. about you that that person probably will not like either. Right. But you also have to, Mm -hmm. you know, be able to understand what you bring bring to the table, understand what they bring to the table and see, okay, Mm -hmm. are these things on my list or any of these things on my list that I don't like, are any of those things completely on my absolutely not and my hell no list, right? Are these the things that Mm -hmm. I'm like- Are non-negotiables. And so if this is on your non-negotiable list, then okay. But if these are just things that you're nitpicking about, be mindful of this. And I often say this to to couples I'm working with too, especially ones that are just starting off, because you can't do that mm-hmm. about people ultimately. If you don't like this about them, then either you know you are present for the time that it takes them to grow out of that behavior, if it's a toxic or unhealthy behavior, mm-hmm. or you understand that this is a part of who they are, right? If it's not unhealthy. Okay, so I'm not talking about so for for instance, very you know healthy but for me annoying behavior, right? Could be my partner playing music in the morning when I'm just waking up or when I'm mm-hmm. not awake yet, right? Mm-hmm. It will throw me completely mm-hmm. off. But mm-hmm. I'm not about to. I'm not running for the courthouse to get a divorce, y'all. Like, I mean, I'm not. Right. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, come on, mm-hmm. yeah. Echo all of that, right? They times 10. That is pretty much exactly the the route that I was going in. And, you know, it's all about, you know, we've said this a thousand times this this particular um, episode, but it's all about knowing thyself. Yeah. Knowing who you are, what you want, what you don't want. And I always give my, um, you know, clients, I'm like, what are the qualities and characteristics that you're looking for in a partner? Mm -hmm. And then once you come up with that list, what are the non-negotiables? And then I feel like also, you, you know, a component of that, is what do these non-negotiables look like when I'm dating someone versus when I'm in a relationship with someone? And the reason that I say that is because sometimes the things that we look for in partners don't always reveal themselves in the beginning because they haven't had an opportunity to show you something yet. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Or they haven't had the opportunity to not show you something yet. You know what I mean? So you have to take that into consideration. And then also doing a a self-inventory on yourself to say, am I expecting or wanting something out of someone that I'm not actively engaging in myself or I don't exhibit those same qualities? Because it's it's not, you can't, it's unfair to ask someone to do and be something for you that you can't do or be for them or for yourself. Exactly. Other people should be a bonus. No one should... 
Exactly. There you go. Exactly. I'm going to say all of the things that you look for in a relationship, you should already be giving yourself and everything is a bonus, like Rade said. Mm-hmm. Last thing I want to want to add to this is, you know, I know this freaks people out, but I'm going to say this from like a, a couple's therapist point of view. Start asking the hard questions in your first three dates. Okay. And I know this freaks people out, but this is how you weed out mm-hmm. people from your life instead of falling into this non-committal or disinterested place ask the hard questions do you have kids do you want kids right like and people get so scared from those questions but ultimately if we were thinking about long term i'm not telling you i want to have kids with you tomorrow i just need to know do you want kids eventually that's all i'm asking (laughs) right like i'm asking do you want to be married have you cheated right Right. why did your last relationship right (laughs) like ask the hard questions let's let's get into it stop waiting so long Wasting time. I'm so glad you said that because listen, the whole point fact of the matter is, is that regardless of whether you want to look at this as transactional or not, dating somebody, that's a damn ongoing interview. Oh my God, facts. That's a multi-phase interview. So in the interview, when you go for a job, they jump right to, okay, tell me the time when you were faced with a challenge. Mm -hmm. What happened? What did you do to resolve it? And what did you put in place to make sure it didn't happen again? They they don't waste Mm -hmm. no time. So look at it the same way. This is an interview. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I am talking or engaging with the best candidates. And granted, you're not going to know that you're sitting, well, some people do and some people don't, but you're not going to immediately know that you're sitting across from your lifetime partner within the first few days. But at the same time, you're asking some of those questions that's going to weed out Mm -hmm. the people who don't fit into what you're looking for. Like right, they say, like, you know, I'm not saying I want kids tomorrow that I want you to let's go make a baby today. I mean, more or less, but, um, (laughs) you know, to each his own, but, um, (laughs) to each his own, but, um, you know, I'm just saying, like Rod, they said, we're, I'm just seeing if that's where you want to end Mm -hmm. up, if that's one of your life goals, or if that's one of your, you know, life objectives is to, to be a parent. And if I really, in my heart, want to be a parent, then I'm going to find someone who feels the same way I do, or at least wants kids to the same degree. Yes, exactly. So, you know, because people find that when you don't, like right, they say, ask those difficult questions up front. People find that now I done been dating you for a whole year. Now I'm in love with your ass, but now you don't want right. kids. So now I'm in a, I'm a, in a, a existential crisis. Right. right. Because now, like, like bitch, I want to be with you, but I also want to be right. a parent and you don't want to be a parent. So we can't reach goals together, honey. Unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. That means we got to go our separate mm-hmm. ways. You know, and now I don't fell in love with this person who checks off all of my except, boxes except one. And one of the most important ones. And then, exactly. Yes. One of your exactly. non So that's why, you know, I second what Rade says by asking those questions as early as possible. And don't feel like it's, like I say, it's an interview. Mm-hmm. And you ask hard questions in the interview because I want to know what you like under exactly. pressure. I want to know what you really feel. I want to know what you really think. So... Because I'm a because listen, can you handle can you handle a, a, a bitch mood or two? Because I'm a little bitchy sometimes. Can you handle that? No facts. Like let's let's be real about it. I'm just saying, real, you know, you know, you know, like <laughs> if okay, y'all have if y'all have a pen and paper, phone, whatever, I'm gonna give y'all some questions real quick. Okay, Let, let's 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 open it up real fast because we gotta go, y'all. All right. So <laughs> one question could be around <laughs> somebody's background or arrest if they've ever mm-hmm. been arrested. And that's if you care, but also understand how that impacts things in the future, right? This is not saying that you have to not be with Mm -hmm. someone if they have a background. This is understanding Mm -hmm. what they come with, right? And being Mm -hmm. accepting of that Mm -hmm. and understanding and compassionate towards that. And asking about um, finances. 
How are you with finances? Do you mm-hmm. save? Do you not? Do you live mm-hmm. with your parents? Do you live alone? Right? Um, What's your credit score? Child? I mean, and, and you know, maybe people don't want to be like exact about their credit score. Maybe they just like good, fair, poor, whatever. But give me something, okay? <laughs> something. <laughs> something. Hello. Um, Asking about that. Asking about, like I said, if you want children. Asking about last relationships. And also, how do you see yourself handling conflict? A question that's often mm-hmm. can, that can be given is, what are you like when your order is wrong at a restaurant? Right. This tells you that can tell you a good amount about a person. Do they send it back? Do they not? Do they just uh, give it back and don't ask for the order to be corrected? Whatever that looks like. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And also, oftentimes when you're asking these questions, listening to that person's tone and how they speak. Now you're learning about them, mm-hmm. what it sounds like when they are getting frustrated. Right. When people talk about experiences, they use a tone based off of how they felt about that experience. Listen to that because then you're also, that gives you room to also learn that person. Next time they use that tone with you, you know, oh, there's some frustration. Let me check in with that. But all right. All right. I'm done. Use those questions for now and and go from there. (laughs) And I'm going to add one to that. So, you know, granted, people date for many reasons. So when you're, when someone asks you out and you are on this date, it's completely okay. And I actually recommend that you ask them what's the intentions of this day like where are we trying to go what's the goal of this overall now if they say oh i'm just looking to meet new people have a little fun then what is is, does that fit into what you're looking to do if that if those intents or objectives don't align that is the first flag now what color you want to call that flag is your business (laughs) but that is the first flag that this may not develop into what you want it to develop into so you have to decide okay you know, this person was up, up front and honest with me that they just looking to, you know, have fun, mm-hmm. whatever, however they define that. Is that something I'm looking to do in my life right now? Am I just looking to have fun or am I actually looking for today with the the objective of being in a committed relationship or a monogamous relationship or whatever your relationship looks like? Because monogamy is not the only way to be in a healthy relationship. Yes. Um, both. Both. Yes. to that question so, and add the question. Are you a monogamous person, right? Are you polyamorous? Whatever. A- ask that Hello. question. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. Do you have anything else here? Okay. I'm all done. All right, cool. We <laughs> no. are off of the soapbox. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having us. All right, y'all. So Earth <laughs> lesson for this week is many things can hold us back from things we desire. Try not to allow yourself to be the reason that you aren't making healthy progress. Respectfully, a melanated therapist. All right, fam. Remember to follow us on Instagram at respectfullymt. And send your questions and topic requests to respectfullymt at gmail.com. Until next time, fam. Peace. Respectfully. 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 A melanated therapist. therapist.